Hi. I'm back. Welcome to another episode of Induction Burners. This episode is rated N. 4. Not related to the election. However, stay tuned, new episode coming soon. This episode features our guests, Darren Bader and Ajay Curian. They don't do a good job. So, um, in a sense, it's also pedagogical because it's like when you look at a painting, like say you're looking at a Bosch painting, you look at the overall image you realize that there's structure you realize that there's like the the firmament and whatever and then you savor the details and you zoom in and you go like oh there's like that crow that's giving birth to like an egg face and you know there's all these like massive events happening at I, I've known Darren for a while. I mean, one, the first show that I ever curated when I was doing Gresham's Ghost, Darren was in. And the first group show that I was ever in, Darren curated. And this is all some time ago. Yeah. Where, where was that show? At Gavin Brown's Enterprise. Ah, uh, I've heard it. The Gresham's Ghost was. 08? Singular Friends 08, yeah. Yeah, and the Gavin Brown with this next summer. Yeah. That was the last show I curated. She curated, yeah. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Had you curated shows before? Many. I was like, basically nobody cared about my artwork, which is fine. <laughs> so I had a lot of fun curating. And doing studio visits was really... was great. I really... I miss, I miss doing uh, the volume. Why did you stop curating? My, uh art career picked up the other thing happened yeah yeah (laughs) there were opportunities where there hadn't been before yeah i feel that i get that yeah you know yeah so so you guys first met in like 07 ish or like oh wait oh wait yeah yeah. i was yeah to worry around ah who you must have known from columbia right exactly yeah Yeah. i was i was uh i knew Uri when i was an undergrad and he was in the grad school Mm -hmm. and then um I had a space, or I didn't have a space. Basically, I was working for an artist, and one of the assistants was like, "Hey, there's this. You know, my friend has this like retail space that he's not using, and he wants me to do a show there. Do you have any interest in doing something with me?" And for some reason, I kind of just really took it on as a challenge. Mm-hmm. I was thinking to myself that there's all these abandoned spaces, and why, why not? It would be fun to to do something like that. And then he completely dropped the ball, which was typical. <laughs> that uh, happened. And then I just kind of kept going with it. So I made like a, a whole format for it. I came up with like a story, a logo, a design for everything. Killer and, logo. <laughs> yeah. And then I started, then I kind of reached out to a few people that I knew that I was interested in having in the show. And Uri in particular was... Um, a person who hooked me up with a bunch of other artists um, that and I ended up this doing. This became the Gershon's Ghost Project? Like the first one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and how many of those did you end up doing over? I don't know, like six or something? Yeah. Six or seven? It's like an itinerant curatorial project is a, the language I saw online. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was uh, It was meant, 
I guess each project was meant to have some kind of uh, the idea of the show was supposed to have some reciprocity with the space itself, mm-hmm. um, and that was that played out to a certain degree. But it wasn't there wasn't like this uh, overbearing fidelity to that idea. It was more like wanted to put on good shows, and depending on the contingencies of the space itself, we would like you have to like tailor things, of course. Um, but that's it, just basic curation, I guess. Yeah, it's like a funny thing. I feel like it's much easier to, or like earlier in one's career, like the site becomes like so much more important because it could be much more varied or like unusual because you just kind of do whatever you can, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you have to respond to like not the best spaces. Or, yeah. Yeah. That have like all kinds of weird ass histories. Definitely true. Yeah. I get offered those a lot still. <laughs> 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 it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, Enticing and exhausting. Yeah, term, yeah right. Minimally. Depending on you know, oh yeah, as soon as you're showing, you're like, yeah, that's that space. I'm 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 on board. No, it takes no. a lot more energy to figure it out too. In a way, in a way, like, and, and that's disappointing. Funny enough, that oh wait, I don't have a, I don't have the solution ready. I don't I don't have the energy yeah. to find the solution. Um, yeah, yeah. Energy is a big part of it. Yeah. Well, you also have more energy when you don't have as many like actual shows. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's very true. It's yeah. hard. I am just tired of like demoing walls and putting it up. I mean, it was exciting at the time because it's like, oh, we get to make exactly how we imagine it in to the best of our ability um, and to the best of our pockets ability. But it's. I mean, I just, I lost so much sleep. I, I inhaled so much drywall dust and probably asbestos. It's like, I, those days are over. Yeah. It's like one of those things where limitations are really useful, but then when you get to a certain point in your career, like you guys were talking about, like those limitations are already there. Like you already have limitations right. on your time or on your, you know. Yeah, just like your, the, I don't know, like you're, there's limits on your creativity. Like you can, yeah. you get tapped out after a while. Yeah. And then if somebody's asking something of you, you literally just have to say no. Yeah. And a space too large or too small or too, you know, uh, oblong or, you know, it's, it always, pre- 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 you know, presents this challenge. Uh, I mean, I'm dealing with large space. I can't, I can't handle the large spaces anymore. It's like, I like paid my debts to my gallerists. Hopefully they feel that. Hopefully they don't hate me for saying that. And like, I just want smaller spaces. Yeah. I say fuck those oblong spaces. (laughs) Those are cool too. But you know, it's just, you know, it's, uh, real estate's real estate. And yeah, uh, sometimes it's not um, ideal. Yeah. Well, it's because I I feel like a lot of stuff you do has like lots of small moments that like would be, Harder to, I don't know, scale up in a certain. Or it would bring it. It's, it's really a lot more expensive to scale up. That's yeah, exactly. A very real obstacle. It changes yeah. like the economics of the. Absolutely. Yeah. How did you make that that eggplant that was drinking water, or that looks like it's drinking water? Can you describe it? I discovered it while, while walking <laughs> in the forest. It um, looks. It's like basically is. It's as slick as a car finish. It's kind of like almost like a cartoon eggplant with yeah. cartoon feet, sticking out in such a way that it's like a four-legged creature that should be or no it's not a four-legged creature it's a two-legged creature that's on all fours see this is how you see this is how he sees it um yeah this is it's, how so it's four-legged it. uh and it's made of carbon fiber which is cheaper to mill than aluminum uh less uh durable long term but uh light as can be and um you know easy to paint the finish the model i needed a, a shape that was uh uh simple 
because other, the more complicated the surface gets, the higher the costs. And then uh, the hands were actually scanned human, well, they were modeled human hands. They're not as cartoony. They're, they're, they create this very strange disconnect from the, the pleasantness of the eggplant. And it's right. all filled with um, waste materials, which is key. Right, right, right. This is fresh out of crabs, all right? This was a sh- uh, it was first at the Lyon Biennial, and then no, then it was it was in Art Fair, and then you know. No. So when you're thinking about the cost of materials, just for a quick second. Yeah, sure. Um, Everybody should talk about this. Yeah, like, and you're making a work that has a direct dichotomy between the finish and the and the waste product inside. Mm. How do you think about? Is, is that intentional, that it's not sort of like high-gloss Kudzian? I think so. I mean, you know, I've, I've, I feel personally that's a little too indulgent for me. Um, I, I don't want to, I mean, however fun it is to make three-dimensional characters, uh, and I, I respect Kudz tremendously, at least historically speaking. Uh, um, I mean, you know, there's always a good work here and there and in many places. But um, he's done that, you know, It's I don't, it, it's not... You know, it, it's not uh, something I'm ultimately interested in. Um, I thought about, oh, what's inside all these cast sculptures? And, oh, there's nothing. Okay, let's play around with that. And I'm not going to do that for more than a year, but or a year and a half now. But, um, yeah. Yeah, they're like Gary sculptures, or Gary architecture, where yeah. the whole facade is like all of the space of the architecture, and you can't actually do anything inside it. Oh, sorry, no, that was a weird aside. I know, but I, I was trying to figure out the... <laughs> the through line but I guess I can kind of see that do you like when you make work because your shows seem to have a lot of kinds of works and like when you're thinking about like something like eggplant sculpture is that like in relation to other objects which like will have different sorts of finish or well, that, like, that, that was a biennial context which I, I let me just say I dislike biennials yeah because no, well, that's <laughs> like kind of a, it sort of forces you to do like a sole thing right like I mean it, there's also these limitations are very real budgetary limitations Galleries pick up a lot of slack. There's administrative problems, to say the least. Um, and no, I mean, I mean, the Biennale in Lyon is on this beautiful park, and the curator Ralph Rugoff, who is wonderful to work with, you know, we just said, okay, let's, you know, I pitched him a bunch of ideas. He's like, let's roll with that and that. I said, I mean, in, in uh, inside the main venue, and there's all audio and. But generally, no. I work a, a show. I mean, almost all of my shows have been in commercial galleries, short of, and that's not true. There's been a few, uh, but no. It's, it's, I need to come up with a theme that that makes sense. It can't just if there are objects that seem to be, um, um, you know, uh, you know, they seem to suggest chance meetings. It's entirely written into the show. Like there's a script I have, but you know, you know, in quotes. Yeah, yeah. Things kind of build out from that. It has to, yeah. It's like it's all. It all. It almost generally most frequently comes from writing. I'd say. How about you? In terms of how I put together a show, Mm -hmm. I think it's it's changed over time. I mean, I think I was it was more wedded to a series of ideas, and then kind of more not not fully just executing them, but to a certain degree, that's what it was, and then. I think in the last uh, in the last two years, I guess since my first forty seven canal show, I got a little freer, and also things just got a little more personal. And I think once that happened, then uh, I was able to make things differently. Um, the time in the studio was different. 
and then how things could relate to one another was a little more complicated and a little more, um, I mean, poetic for the lack of a better word right now. Yeah. What do you mean things got more personal? Or without, you know. Um, it, there were different levels of urgency. I mm -hmm. think when I started making work, I mean, in a sense, it was coming from like a desire for mastery. I wanted, I wanted the biggest picture. I wanted like the, the widest, the furthest out zoom. Mm -hmm. um, and in a sense, I think as a young artist, I felt like, well, if I do that, nobody can fuck with it. Yeah. Um, and I think, so I think certain things like are still present from that understanding of like a cosmological zoom out. Mm -hmm. um, but other things have, I just I've gotten more comfortable in the in the back and forth between like the very small and the very big yeah um, and so what I mean by getting personal is that I think in general I like I'm okay with those vulnerabilities as a person but I wasn't okay with it in my work and then I I just started taking more risks Interesting. Um, and started feeling more comfortable that I started feeling more comfortable uh, in potentially making other people uncomfortable. Hmm. Yeah, it seems well because it seems like in your work, like the like relationships between works maybe are getting more complicated, or like the kind of figures or like narratives that one could bring to them, like seem like they're kind of flowering and getting more specific in a certain way. Mm -hmm. Maybe, yeah. And more explicitly autobiographical, right? Like in the past, yeah. like couple of years. Definitely. Years. Yeah. I mean, having a moment to do a show in Baltimore. Uh, where I grew up is I think it, that kind of spawned most of it because it was such a explicit homecoming and I felt like I had to I couldn't not address that yeah that show at Row House Projects which I think maybe is defunct now it might have done its it last yeah. oh, there was a really yeah. incredible project series in Baltimore over the past couple of years but um, I didn't get to see it but the documentation that I saw of your work was so jarring and um uh, gripping and scary and um, the figure you made with I think maybe it was two figures pissing on another figure and they're all very I mean you could describe it better than I could but yeah it's a it's one figure pissing into the mouth of another who's like reclined and enjoying every minute of it and then there's a third figure watching both of them um, kind of like hunched over as if really trying to discern what's happening and that uh so there's a pump that goes through that circulates between the two figures and there's a speaker cone inside the one who's urinating so the what the the water that's coming out of him is vibrating at around 24 hertz and then the kid who's watching has a camera for an eye and so or for one of his eyes and so <clears throat> um cameras at this point, I think most of the the you know simple point and click ones uh, see it around twenty two to twenty four frames per second, and so when uh, when it something's vibrating at that frequency, it really it confuses the hell out of the camera. So while the water is obviously you know coming out one way, when you look into the camera, um, the viewfinder, uh, it looks like the water is kind of snaking back into the figure. Um, this kind of weird moment of like an attempted rationalization gone wrong. That's nice. 
you don't catch get that in the photos you really don't there's a lot of things yeah <laughs> yes and, uh, yeah and my I, I mean i think initially it was like i wanted to intentionally include things that were beyond uh capture and then now it's just like it just kind of sticks around it's yeah. like hard to get away from that but there are like elements of technology like that within a number of the sculptures right that are kind of hard to like exactly yeah. get your finger on or yeah i mean i think for me like i've been thinking about this again or just returning to uh some books but that sculpture is always like a multi-sensory experience it's never one it's obviously like our understanding of it just being vision is certainly i don't know it's it's clearly historical but i've i've sort of never thought about it uh in terms of just as a picture yeah um and so kind of exceeding that boundary of the picture felt like the best way to um foreground that it's like more than the documentation can even hold yeah 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 that totally makes sense or like you know reference like you know i use these these uh these like they're not crystals but i guess yeah i get they're they're sort of laser cut uh glass um called corner cube retroflectors and they're they're used for optics and things like that and basically like the incidence of light that goes in uh comes back out on the very same angle Hmm. so since your eye is what's accepting light it kind of makes a feedback loop with your eye so you'll always see your own eye in this little disc um but that also means that if you take a picture of it then you'll always only see the camera lens right um and so there's ways of experiencing that that have everything to do with embodiment um but it can't be like even though it's still something that you visually grasp it's also something that is highly specific to you being in the world and with the sculpture I think in like five years, like all documentation will just be video. No, no, never. I don't know. I, I mean, you're talking about technology. You know, what 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 can new new technology afford? Uh, optical, you know, let's you know prosthetic, op, you know reality, reality. You know, there's all these variations on reality, and I don't think I, I don't know what video might provide. Um, I, I think there's something. Uh, pacifying about a still image as well I think that's why we look at paintings or photographs I think some somehow that uh, that arrest of emotion and life and time let's say I think it's soothing to an extent I don't think entirely you know healthy mm-hmm. but uh, well I'm curious would you, do you think do you think you would prefer one of your shows to be documented uh, by video like would that be would that be more interesting or just just you know, intellectual curiosity? There, I don't think there's like any creator. Um, I don't think there's anything to be gained. Um, you know, uh, qualitative. You know, um, quantitatively, or I don't know. It's. Uh, I mean, I've always struggled with documentation since the get go. I, I, I always hated it. Uh, I love images. I got into art because I'm an image fetishist, pretty much. And most of the work I've done has been a reaction against that. So I have a very <laughs> right, yeah. Well, it's interesting because you're tangled relationship with it all, and words also off, often save me from, you know, kind of eating 
you your know, own my tail. own tail. Yeah. Yeah. But your shows often seem like designed to like force someone to kind of walk through and make the kind of connections like that would kind of that are sort of making images like sculptural or something like I mean I tried to I mean the two of us you know constantly you know they're, they're inextricable for me and sculpture you know as Ajay was kind of speaking of I think quite well it's it's it's, it, it, it's always uh, it's always um, fleeting errant it, 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 it's it's incredibly difficult I meaning you know you're saying a picture he was using like there's a picture for me, you know, there's there's just too many, you know, um, infinitesimal facets of, you know, what 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 your where your site can land, and it's always created a, an issue. So, but with in an installation, I try to make things look okay. <laughs> I mean, like, like you know, meet, meet my standards. Like not too of, good, but like meet my well. I mean, like you know, it's just you know, uh, space is uh, space is space, and it's. It's a hard thing to wrestle with, so you know, try to like iron out whatever I can, but it might might just look totally wrinkled to anyone else. So, so is your concern with video documentation, like just with regard to the agency of the viewer, like being able the lack of their own the intermediary, like dictating where they're going or how they're looking at something? I don't, I don't, I don't think it's much different than a photograph in that in that sense, but um, no, it's just a different way of looking, and you know. <clears throat> there's so many ways of looking. I mean, there's, you know, effectively, however, how many people in the world now? Seven billion, right? Something like that. Say, it is, you That's know, what it, they say. Right. So, I mean, I, I, I like I like some degree of standardization. At the same time, I think it, you know, runs serious, uh, you know, ultimately, so it's you like know, utilitarian risk. The pot thought, like, of, like, I'm looking at your sweatshirt and I'm seeing blue, but you're well, seeing Yeah, I mean, green. I'm actually partially colorblind, so I know, I know this well. <laughs> really? Yeah, really? I mean, I know this is... It's super green. <laughs> so you can see green. I can see green. I might not be able to see sea green, but I see green. What's the what? What's where does it get fuzzy? Like you did, like here. <laughs> it's silly. Um, Are these the same color? My my mic so. and yours. I don't believe so. But the light's different. You're getting more of that light, and I'm not. Yeah. I'm not sure. It's multiple lights, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. In any case. <laughs> um, that Sierra Nevada can't confusing for me. It's pretty close to your sweatshirt. It is. Yeah, it's very similar. Can't see it. Well, in yeah. the when the light hits it. When yeah. the light hits it, yeah. Yeah, it's like a Kelly. It's not as yeah. Really? It's not wow. As... Any case, but, but yeah. So as far yeah, I'm colored by that. It's a real fun <laughs> experiment. Um, actually, I read something recently. Flash Art International. What's her Emily Siegel? Maybe. Uh, she wrote something about about how her brother describes his color blindness and that whatever she said about that. That's exactly how it is for me. You and Doris. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's like a, yeah. a verbal footnote. Emily always gets it right. There you go. Finger on the pulse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Should All we right. pause for a sec? Let's pause. With the potential... Caginess isn't the right word, but like that there's... There's something about your work that... Uh, that makes it something that people want to explain away because um, it is like I think it occasionally needles people I think yeah, there's, there's a point where like, um, I, I don't think that's really we were talking about off, off mic right yeah talking about why I'm, he's got I'm, a natural radius <laughs> my nerves have increased in public speaking and I can't you know I've, I, I just I, I, 
attributed to, to waning youth uh, and waning confidence. But uh, uh, no, I think um, a lot of where my work comes from is my own, uh, let's say maybe neuroses. I don't want to self-diagnose here, but sure. an inability to, you know, a really, I don't know, pre- presence, pre- the present, all, you know, which is always kind of a phantom notion. Sure. It's, it's very hard for me to... Um, Master, of course, it's impossible. But you know, it's I dwell on that a lot. So you know, I think it's just a matter of uh, becoming more familiar with myself, my limitations, hoping hoping there that there's plenty of room for growth. But in the moment, in this present, um, um, being a, a little uh, uh, perhaps uh, I wouldn't say acutely aware, but uh, anticipating an acute awareness of my. Uh, uh, contra- any contradictions that might arise, uh, you know, perhaps it's you know, uh, you know. Well, and there's, there's always a desire for control and, and perfectionism, I suppose. Sure, that's a funny thing, though. I mean, <laughs> well, yeah, it's a whole, whole lot of fun. Yeah, it's funny though. I just yeah. I just mean like another reason why I thought it would be nice to talk to you is that pretty much every time we do talk. I'm always really like I'm. I'm glad we had the conversation. Likewise, yeah. Uh, I mean, you got me to come out of myself a lot when we had dinner a few weeks ago. I felt that way. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like when I first met you, I thought you were just, you were so aloof. Like it was, it was crazy. Like you walked in and, because I'll never forget it. It was, <clears throat> I didn't know Darren. I didn't yeah. do any studio visit with him, and he just came in and he's sort of like peering around the space, um, as if he's like. Like his sight is a little has diminished over time or something. <laughs> like he should be wearing glasses, but uh, he's not. And then he kind of he comes up to me. And he's like, "So I think I just want to show uh, t- uh, um, two wine glasses on a shelf, and they'll be filled with white wine, half filled um, at the same level." And uh, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, "Okay." <laughs> And he's yeah, like, oh, true. but also, yeah. uh, you, you can't say that I'm that that's the work in the show. That oh, I, yeah, I forgot in. I was doing that then. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what, what do you mean by? I, 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 you know, I could be on a checklist, and I, and I, I still do this to an extent, and also oftentimes I'll invite curators to make my work for me, uh, and just put. I'm like, I don't have a work I like. You make the work, and uh, I actually asked you if I could do that. Yeah, I don't. He, and yeah, we did that in White Flag. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, I, I just outed us. <laughs> well, that's fine. It was, nice. it was nice. He made a very nice work. Um, but uh, <laughs> no, I just uh, for me, it's going back to difficulties. You know, the, how, what, what, what vision? You know, um, how to best explain this? So, that's experience. Art's always about you know, it's it's uh, empirical knowledge, right? I mean, I'm, I didn't study philosophy, and I hesitate to use any words that kind of belong to us. You know, have so much historical weight uh, within that. Uh, um, world, but um, yeah, it's just I was really fascinated. How I got into art was just I didn't study art; I studied film, and which is like a of looking and watching addiction. I got really into art uh, via old masters painting. Still, is something I love dearly, and it's 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 two dimensional field composition. You have an image; it's um, manageable, let's say. And uh, once you're in real space, you know, all bets are off. And I wanted to explore that. And, you know, also we're dealing with uh, evaporating liquid, which I didn't 
factor in at the time of installation, but it certainly it happens pretty fast and uh, um, and an ugly ass shelf. But you know, I didn't have much money to produce a good one at that point. Um, yeah. Did you ever? Because like you were Ajay saying like early on, like your desire for mastery was kind of one of the, or you know, this yeah, kind of was that like a feeling you? Because it seems like you're like, yeah, not. It seems to kind of reject. I never that. felt like I've I never considered myself able to master anything. Uh, I've always enjoyed being a student mm-hmm. to an extent, and um, but you know, art for me has always been ultimately immaterial the notion of it and i've always explored what what where and how might it materially materialize um and it's it's it continues to be a fascination and oftentimes when we're discussing things uh uh elsewhere (laughs) art you know i I get i'm very opinionated about what's good and bad work you know you know i have my own tenets and ideas and um what makes something good or bad? That's why I almost didn't show up today. Yeah. Yeah, that's a throwaway question. Yeah, yeah. You know, let's just say, you know, I, I have prejudices along, you know, based upon a visual education and, um, or, you know, Continuing an, ones, an yeah. aesthetic education. You know, I mean, like, I value certain types of literature and, you know, like I was, you know, I, you know, like reading Henry James is just, wonderful it's not easy but it's just like it suffuses you and who the fuck cares what's going on with the characters except the fact that he's just presented it, it, it's like it's just a wash with so much uh, it's, it's so aesthetically pregnant let's say it's like i've always been after that it's like almost like, you know it's kind of like a borderline you know mystical inclination where it's like I'm just, you know disappear disappearance has always been something i've you know kind of really been into magic yeah, I don't really believe in magic. That's the problem. Yeah. So art is the closest thing to that. Right. That's the other thing. Like, generally speaking, our conversations tend to go somewhere towards a kind of, uh, a, like, secular transcendence in a way. Well, that's cool. Yeah, there you go. Secular transcendence. And that there's like a... We both have our, our inclinations towards a kind of belief system that we might have in what art can do or what art does and um or what it's done for us more importantly um and how we try to manifest that uh in our own respective ways but it's kind of i think without that belief um it's very difficult for me to understand why people are doing what they're doing just if you don't believe in like this process of like art making and, and it's uh, at the very least, like it's possibility of being a kind of catalyst in a number of ways. And catalyst doesn't mean that change happens tomorrow. It means that it happens like in this long durée, like that there's something there's something deeper and longer and and um, more butterfly effect about it. But you both have a foot pretty mired in objectivity. I mean, mired good. It would seem. <laughs> With your yeah, waist and your, you know, for... your violence and <laughs> your... I think it's, yeah, I think it, but it's always, it's always both. I think it's always that feeling, <clears throat> especially in putting together a show versus like thinking about one singular piece um, or putting, or thinking about a, the longer body of work and how, how I, how I function and how I think about things. There's, um, there's nothing besides what's in front of you. But what's in front of you gives you the tools to um, 
realize that there's it's bigger than that like in a sense um the nice thing about art is that it's always like even the simple act of decontextualization like taking taking this beer can and you know placing it somewhere else is that it it yanks it yanks what you think is one into more than one and that's like the nice thing about art because it's you realize that everything has the possibility of being more than and then in that possibility you try to figure out or script um how all of those more thans can amount to even more and then you get something that's actually like potentially meaningful for people yeah that's pretty good yeah mm-hmm. yeah uh, for me the problem is the more than you know he used the word transcendence before and you know the transcendental is something that's what i'm, I'm invested in personally let's say uh, however you know like whatever it might you know meanings or repercussions that might be uh, might attend it um it's uh you know this decontextualization or recontextualization recontextualization this myriad of possibilities of you know how one might be able to see the world and really what's always been agonizing yet you know always dearest to me is is the suspension of what what art, art does it has to do otherwise i think it cannot that, that's what defines its categories it's the suspension of you know the before and it, it, it is some sort of um, um, outsized or you know exaggerated present or you know it, it, it's, it's atemporal in many ways and that's always felt rather cozy to me <laughs> but it can be a shock kind of I mean in a way but it's it but it, it, it it's the atemporality that it, it's however you get there however I get there rather you mm. know it's I feel uh, it's homey uh, but atemporal just to clarify, yeah, the temple sure. doesn't mean non-historical. It just it means no, that no, it's no. Like I just mean for the moment, like out of what a museum or a gallery or a, you know, or <coughs> this, this mutable term, you know, what we're using in it's, it's you know, it's recent Western sense, right. relatively recent Western sense, is you know, it, it provides pause and you know, you, you are removed from you know reality again in quotes. What 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 is it? You know. It's it, and it's a belief for belief. Use it's a critical word for me, a crucial word for me, and um, you know, I mean, I, it is it is a post-religious kind of uh, or para-religious. You know, it depends. You know, whatever. It's it's a space uh, space for thought and and uh, and right. and sensory. You know, uh, I was actually just talking to yeah. my students about your work. Um, Where do you teach again? At Micah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it was your PS One show mm-hmm. with uh, I can't remember what is. I think maybe the iguana was the second room or the first one. Well, it depends on which way. You're, which way you're if you're going, from. yeah, if you're going uh, from the stairwell and then you go down the hall. There's two stairwells. Oh, come on. Can, can you just <laughs> grab the iguana? Well, whatever. Can okay, the iguana? Just describe no, no, the setup. Yeah. Anyway, so there's a series of rooms, kind of, they're sort of railroaded. Yeah. Um, and it was the last room in my experience of the show, um, which was the corner. Mm. Um, and so there are windows on all sides. Uh, it was at PS1. And so it's kind of like, it's not windows in like the grand, like all glass sense. It's just like windows in the school. And um, I, 
I want to say that there was blue carpet on the ground or like a kind of institutional sort of carpet on the ground. There was definitely carpet. And, uh, and there was only, there was only one thing in the room and that was, uh, a burrito on the windowsill. And then it was the intro, the instrumental intro to Bob Dylan's, uh, like a Rolling Stone that just kept repeating. But you you synced it in such a way that it was so fluid that you just assumed that it was eventually going like you would eventually hear like once upon a time yeah and you kept waiting for that <laughs> it was so good it was like I it's a feeling where you just you really like I couldn't I didn't the same arrest that I have right now is exactly what was happening then and I don't have a good way of explaining the feeling besides like the stupefaction that you see now um but it like it really worked and it felt to me it didn't feel cynical and I think sometimes maybe sometimes people think your work is cynical yeah people do and it's it's I think there are exceptions to the rule where it actually is like sure you know I'm in that mood you know but generally no it's all about I try to find something that a lot of people can respond to without having studied too much you know uh i don't want to you know you know this press or that press i might read but i don't i don't think anybody else has to read right books published by these presses (laughs) but uh i mean you know it's kind of unhealthy and has led me to my current nervous state Hmm. um but yeah i mean there's a gorgeous organ and you know and it's like and that that song charge obviously he has a historical figure as charge as evidenced by events of the past few weeks uh right. i've been compared to him incident not not incidentally i some people you know i've been compared to hey you look like a young Bob dylan yeah, yeah. that's right we <laughs> both have curly hair skinny <laughs> scooby-doo's you know cool sweet so but uh <laughs> um you know there's something that but it's just gorgeous and i just i i think if if, if it's still if you saw memories of it in that sense i, I guess it, i guess it did it's it it worked. Yeah. Because it, it was, I mean, it, <laughs> the brie, I mean, there's plenty of ways that I could like read it, yeah. which I still, I think that's like, uh, those are, uh, those are like the multiple apprehensions of the piece, but don't amount to the piece. Um, how like, that, I feel like your work sometimes invites wait, like misreadings and like, wait, wait, uh, wait, I want to, sorry, but, I just like, I really, did your students read it? How did your students read it? Well, they didn't get to see it. I, I explained it to them. Right, but what yeah. was their take? Like, what was their... I'm so curious. They... This is a good thing about students. When they see joy in me, mm-hmm. then they feel joy. And so... Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was such a terrible student. Then. Wow. In the sense... Well, okay, so I'm maybe occasionally giving... Like, maybe I'm giving myself a little too much credit. But I think when I have like a real feeling that I want to convey, I have a, I do a decent job of like empathically transmitting yeah. that. I bet you do, seriously. Like I would want you as a teacher, <laughs> definitely. And I think that- I would want like, you they, as an advocate. <laughs> that's, yeah, if I'm, if I'm really behind someone, it's like, it's, it's fully real and I really want, but until I see, until I see their eyes like grow a little bit and I know like, okay, the the emotional work inside you is done maybe you haven't realized all of it but you're gonna walk away and you're gonna remember you're gonna think about this Mm -hmm. and i think that's they 
they have that now and um, they're thinking about it. They probably don't remember Darren's name, but they remember the burrito and Bob Dylan. Yeah, I remember like so much cynicism in fact. Well, they're undergrads. No, no, no. In in undergrad, I remember (laughs) like someone describing the first Greater New York show. Like, do you do you guys remember the piece by? Wait, the Vomit Two Thousand? Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I I wasn't. I didn't go to that. (laughs) (laughs) It was like the Neil Young zone with the like the pot smoking tent. Oh right, the one that had like the recreated cover of like the Neil Young decade. The Neil, yeah, exactly. I think that was it. I feel like that was like two thousand four or five. Yeah, yeah two thousand five. Yeah, yeah, that brings way back that. there. And I don't remember who did it, and I feel bad, but I do remember that my teacher like really dismissed it, <laughs> and yeah. I thought about that for years. I mean, there are certain things that I dismiss in class. And sure, but okay like that, but. just your general enthusiasm, I'm sure, is very yes, uh, very stirring for them. I hope so. Yeah. But I want to get back to the Dylan thing for a second. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I sorry. think it's very interesting in the way that, like, <laughs> that your work kind of operates. Like, because I feel like he also does a lot of work to like, yeah, confuse or like, yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean, I, I would, I would, I would love that to be a coincidence. Yeah, I, I need it to be. It's, it's really not. He was never an important artist to me. I mean, like, maybe in my thirties, certain songs have resonated more. I mean, there's some great. You know, he's he writes catchy songs some of the later lyrics like the blood on the tracks lyrics or even like the time out of mind there you know like it's time out of mind's great yeah it's like that i mean that's some good stuff i mean some of the early stuff's great too but it, you know he's just like you know uh you know uh, he's precocious as a, as a youth occasionally writes some killer lyrics yeah i don't think he deserves that prize but uh no um yeah <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he he knew he learned how to play early. He learned how to, I mean, whether he learned or it was built into him, I don't know. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's some sort of Jewish guilt too. I don't know. I mean, that's. But you were talking about disappearance too. Yeah, it's like you know, I mean, basically, like you know, growing up in in so much not not a cloister. It's you know, a very secular Jewish world. It's. Who knows? There, there could be some overlap there. He was bar mitzvah. I was bar mitzvah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, no. Seriously, because there, there's something that's the culture does, and there's a certain modesty, and you know, there, there's the, there's the proscription or prohibition on on graven. You know, it's, it's not a, it's, it's, it's a culture that does not um, emphasize aesthetics and and anything worldly. Let's say it's, it's. Um, so maybe there's something there that's interesting yeah certainly not i mean like you know i i love paintings of of jesus but that's that's i don't know who knows yeah well but the thing that was interesting well so does bob dylan yeah well yeah he had his he had his (laughs) he loves jesus he had his faith that's so interesting though because you always think of islam as being the like quintessential yeah religion of Iconoclasm, non, yeah, like, right. non, non-violent non iconoclasm, not, not 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 like the yeah yeah. But again, you know, I mean, like, hey, you know, Bob Dylan's always called an iconoclast. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm just you know, obviously no, that's a really shooting. Wow, problem. you look so much like Bob Dylan. Thanks, now. man. Thanks. <laughs> I think it looked more you know, like Jacob Dylan. <laughs> uh, I don't know, but, yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, whatever. He's a. Well, yeah. He, well, but the the thing that made me think about it was just like the 
the work that's kind of needs to be done to like approach a burrito in a show and like have like a, just a just just, of, just for our, our audience here yeah the two burritos and the text is important it's chicken burrito beef burrito yeah it's were they changed every day uh weekly unless somebody kind of you know made a took a bite or made a call or cut <laughs> Wait, and so they, took a they bite? would hang out for a whole week the burrito i think maybe they might have been so the museum's open five days a week so thursday through monday um maybe it was that's every a, that's a long time for a burrito out in like on the windowsill yeah but it's not going to mold or anything yeah like that, it was it's going to get funky though it's definitely it'll smell more i'm sure yeah it's okay okay I mean, people did bite into them, uh, you know, a few days in. That's that's that that's was there. incredible. Jesus, yeah. wow, it's very troubling. That's like the opposite of like kicking the um, the Judd sculpture. Yeah, the feminist gesture. It's like <laughs> eating it, biting Jesus. the burrito. Uh, oh, sorry, but I, I just yeah. I mean, basically, that that show gets so much press, and you know, a lot of what I do is ignore. Be- it, like it's a, there was this article that was published yesterday out of the blue. Uh, like, oh yeah, cats burrito, or it was cats. Yeah, I think burritos and money. It's like, like you know, it, that I show. That, that show is really. Oh, there's lasagna too. I feel like that comes up a lot. Yeah, the lasagna. But hey, I mean, I I have faith in these works, but they're they're not rep. You know, they're they, one little part of my yeah practice. Right. You really much, like, much much like this audio file he's talking about. Right. You know, it's just, oh yes, this makes sense. I will put it here. Right. Yeah. Because sometimes like you can't repeat like the the word proposes a space where you can't actually like make the same gesture again. Wait, but, sorry, one more time. But you you can't like reuse any of these things because that seems like would be antithetical to the way that you work, kind of. I mean, the the piece could be reappeared in a different context, but I would never put those two pieces together. Right. Uh, but you never. You also would never like make like another burrito sculpture, probably. I mean, it exists. You know, it's it was a saleable work, and yeah, someone bought it. So, but so there is another one, but <laughs> it was actually an edition of two. So you know, <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um. Aje, I was actually to super segue. Um, Ooh, super segue. Mm. Uh, super this segue is our super segment. segue yeah. segment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was curious about how you think about scale in terms of your your works. Always seem very contained and very. They have a miniature component, uh-huh. even if they're immersive. Um, can you talk about? Like whether you think about crafting them that way or whether that's just the most expedient. No, I think about it a lot. I think um, there's a few things. One, uh, like scale on the model, and like occasionally, for instance, with the vitrines, um, the inlaid vitrines that are are long and kind of uh, have the possibility of being read, at least loosely narratively. I wanted to, since I knew it was already at that scale, I wanted to make it so that it's 
not so much about miniaturizing a world and having like a model. Like I wanted there to be a play between something that felt uh, miniature and something that felt like an altogether different scale. It just happened to fit in this logic. And so it's more about like the consistency of a logic that has relation, various relations to scale in that format. Um, in the most recent show, there's like the miniaturized balconies, which are clearly like, that's like a model, like it's an architectural model more or less. Um, but then also, you know, the way people read sculpture, I think is occasionally, um, they don't do a good job. So, um, in a sense, it's also pedagogical because it's like when you look at a painting, like say you're looking at a Bosch painting, you look at the overall image, you realize that there's structure, you realize that there's like the, the firmament and whatever, and then you savor the details and you zoom in and you go like, oh, there's like that crow that's giving birth to like an egg face and, you know, there's all these like massive events happening at that scale that you get to enjoy. And similarly with, with some of the work, what I wanted is that I wanted it to be read like painting, like that there was a relationship to the image, but one that was about just looking closer and that uh, you're not afforded that in sculpture often, like unless it's like a big move here and a big move there. Like if you, you know, one piece had, I, I think I init- eventually removed it from the piece. Um, there were some pop rocks on the bottom of one of the pieces. And then right before the show, I just spit into it. Um, that just gets lost because like people don't, people don't look that way. Like, and it's something that I have to tell my students a lot. Like they'll, they'll make decisions and you can tell that they're, a little hasty um, because there's so many possibilities that they that don't seem like were activated and so I'll just be like Have you, did you think of this or did you try it this way and it, it's like they're oblivious they didn't even think to turn it around <laughs> or to just walk the, like all the way around it and it's upsetting because it's like you can't even talk about structural thinking you can't talk about these things until you get like a very material basis down where it's like you have to walk around this all the way. You have to go underneath it. You have to go on top of it. You have to change it around. You have to get sick of it. And then you have to come back to it. And you have to keep doing this until you figure out why it is that you want to do the things that you want to do. And then most of that's lost on the viewer because if the person who's in the studio doesn't, like, even if that has to be cultivated to such a degree, how can you expect your viewer? to have that kind of cultivation, how they look at something. I still do it, but I also feel like when I'm thinking about scale and small, big, um, and the relationships between that, uh, in part, it's what makes sense for the piece. And in part, there's a pedagogy to how to look. Well, yeah, I mean, you're also like, you're, I know, you're talking about the viewer in the general sense, but there are so many different viewers and maybe some of them will go around or maybe some of them will look close. And maybe it's also like, as you said, pedagogically that you're taking it upon yourself as your responsibility to like kind of provide a way in to look at things in a different, 
I know that this isn't like an, a video cast, so my hand gestures are not navigating being, gestures uh, <laughs> being recorded. <laughs> no, I mean, I definitely want to give the viewer the be- the benefit of the doubt. Always, it's not that I uh, I never look down on the viewer. It's just um, it's how it's come about for the most part, and so taking that into consideration that there's a visual culture that makes it more difficult to um, to find the the larger you know legibility or like the greater flora and fauna of what sculpture can be then um, maybe that's why I'm just like there's a little edge to my words maybe that it's just because of that it's not it's not to say that like people don't do it or that people do discover those things um, it's just that it doesn't it's a nice surprise when that happens do you think that shift in looking is like relative to images or painting or just like that there's kind of a shift in the way people engage with work like generationally like as you find it through students or uh, well you're talking about two different yeah audience, two different camps because there's like those who are thinking about work mm-hmm. and then there are those who are just like going to the museum yeah. or what yeah and just like seeing what's up um i think for the people that are going through school and and thinking about making things yeah i think there's a di- there's a difference in how they're how they're looking i i wouldn't be able to like give an overall sociological perspective on it but i can say that um their levels of discernment are elsewhere Hmm. um and when it comes to the the general public i have even less to say um because i don't i don't really know i just my feeling is that well there's a couple things there's there's a lot of people that want to that have like a basic education in what they think art is meant to be and so because of their predispositions, the way that they're looking at something is through a lens of value mm-hmm. and meaning and the interconnection between those two things. And so uh, I think I try to disarm that through a series of like very relatable kind of dumb things. Mm-hmm. Um, I like us like a surface level dumbness to a lot of the ways that I work because um, then you just you're faced with things that are just very obvious and every day and then like you have more time to kind of take that deep breath and be like okay I'm not gonna feel dumb here like, it's kind of like a door into the work sort of yeah like it's not it's not I'm not trying to like make it easy I don't think the work is easy by any stretch but um, I still I think that there's like ways in that feel less art oriented where it's like oh my kid could do that or like they have these like simple simple things that I understand are defense mechanisms because this is like an elitist kind of thing and to break that elitism you have to you have to do different things this is the culture of art now so in order to change the culture of art you have to do different things yeah that makes sense do you think about viewers in that kind of way? Sorry? Do you think about viewers in that kind of way? Or like, oh, viewers. Um, I mean, I forward them, uh, you know, I <laughs> hope they, you know, can read something intelligibly. Uh, 
a different type of intelligibility than I might be able to read it with them. You know, it's, uh, you know, my, my feet are very mired in, in objects. So, you know, it's, um, it's, you know, the viewer, I don't know, there's always, there's always somebody for each show who really surprises me. Not, not that I didn't expect it to be them. It's just, it's, you know, every, somebody who, the, the few who I might want to impress, you know, given on who my, the audience I'm actually seeing show up at an opening. It's somebody, oh, that person, come, this, this unexpected person walks up and gives me this beautiful read on the show that resonates with my own, you know, that dovetails or it, it, it's a very nice feeling, but, um, you know, a viewers, uh, that's very, uh, you know, you gotta leave the viewers to themselves in many ways, but you know, yeah. one could hope that, um, one's communicating, uh, and that, you know, I mean, like the way Audrey just spoke about his sculpture, that that's how it feels is, you know, he, it's, it's not easy. It's not, it, it, it's definitely work that takes some time to, uh, process. I'm sure living with it or spending, you know, returning to a show multiple times could only help that. But, um, but it's also, it, it, it doesn't, um, indulge in, uh, like, you know, arcana or, 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 uh, uh, you know, abstruseness. And, and I think, uh, that indulgence is, I I like to. Although I could be accused of it in certain instances, I, I think it's important not to indulge in that. And I think that there are a lot of people making art right now who are fearful not to indulge in it, and uh, that's my reading as the viewer, the very you know, limited and uh, prejudiced viewer. So I don't know. Fearful not to indulge in it. Yeah. Yeah. I think people get scared. I think going to certain school. There's certain personality types at a certain point, a certain environment, atmosphere that is, they won't, you know, they, they get scared. Yeah, I agree. I think it happens a lot. It's just a, it's an easy, it's an easy backbone if you don't already have one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of herd mentality within the, you know, the milieu, as, as there would be in any. Yeah. Are you talking about irony? Not, not, not specifically, but it, that certainly. No, I just think there's a lack of. Um, you'll see a bunch of, you know, it, they're they're trends, and I don't think it's just you know this, you know, uh, cheery happenstance. I think it's oh, oh, that let's let's go down that that's safe. Let's do that, and that and the, the third person do it might, you know, achieve a technical, you know, mastery of it that the first two didn't, and. In a way, that's I think that's you know I, I can only praise that to an extent, but I do think there's a you know just going to so many sh- many shows uh, over the past you know fifteen years like I'm, I'm pretty diligent with seeing gallery shows, especially young galleries. Although I've been you know uh, I've neglected Bushwick quite a lot too. I've never I've lived in a totally different part of the city, and it's not something I I'm, I'm proud of, but. Um, uh, that being, that being said, you know, I check things out. On, it's, a lot of things look similar. I don't think that this is just, you know, I mean, just like, uh, you know, everybody was attacking zombie formalism. I think that's fair. I mean, many works I was not interested in. That being said, uh, you know, there's any number of these trends that are being applauded due to, uh, you know, a certain... Uh, social echelon I don't mean as far as you know this is an involved conversation I'd I'd rather step down